This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Friday, March 3rd. I'm Gavin McGough. In today's headlines, county braces for food stamp reductions, a day in the life of a miner with Vinton Cole, San Miguel Rodeo wins state award, and a mountain weather forecast. But first, here at Kodo, we are dedicated to providing programming that's homegrown, informative, and entertaining. We're proud to remain steadfastly non-commercial and independent-minded, like the community we serve. Help us keep the tradition alive by making a donation during our winter fundraising drive. You can donate at koto.org. And thanks. The easing, and perhaps even the ending, of the pandemic has been a welcome development. But the transition comes with some difficulties, as COVID-related government programs are ending. One of those supports expired at the end of February, when emergency SNAP benefits, or food stamps, reverted to pre-pandemic levels. Speaking at the end of last month, Director of Social Services for San Miguel County, Carol Friedrich, explains food stamp recipients started receiving extra funds when the pandemic set in. So all of the folks that were receiving SNAP um, at the time were receiving two payments each month. So their regular allotment and then uh, emergency assistance allotment. So this month, February 2023, is um, the final month of that emergency allotment. So next month, um, there's going to be reduction to how much they're receiving. It's going to go back to their, um, their, their base allotment. While other states have already ended the extra emergency allotments, they remained in place in Colorado in 35 other states. Now, with the beginning of March, they have come to an end everywhere. Friedrich says the reductions are substantial. So the average reduction in benefits is about $95 per person within the household. That's average. So, for instance, a family of four that had received, you know, that was receiving that max allotment, their monthly benefit is going to decrease nearly $400 per month. That reduction is even more severe for senior residents who will see a more than $250 decrease in their monthly food stamp funding. We are most concerned about um, the impact that this is going to have on our seniors. Um, So they were receiving $281 per month under max allotment. And so once that ends, they're going to go down to their base allotment, which is $23 per month. For these, like, single seniors, um, they are going to have a significant impact. So, as again, they're going to go from $281 per month down to $23 a month. Weathering the end of the emergency allotment may be difficult for many of San Miguel's 200 SNAP recipients. The reduction comes amidst high levels of inflation. Food costs increased on average 10% between January 2022 and January 2023. Meanwhile, the number of county residents receiving SNAP has increased by 80 individuals over pre-pandemic numbers, suggesting an increase in food insecurity in San Miguel County. Friedrich says the county is working to provide a one-time grocery card to residents using SNAP, but she says it won't be a cure-all. 
so we know that this is not a long-term solution. Right now, the there are conversations happening at the state level to try and come up with a more um, systemic approach to meeting the needs of these folks. But for now, what um, we are working on is a way to offer folks that are experiencing a hardship due to this um, decrease, especially that senior population, like a one-time grocery card to make up some of the difference in a, in a very short-term period of time. Meanwhile, area food banks are bracing for the transition. Speaking at the Angel Baskets Food Pantry in Telluride, volunteer Barb Gross says they at the food bank are anticipating that our senior population is numbers are going to go up because they really haven't used us since they've got this the um, supplement. Um, we're planning to do an outreach to them, um, and we'll see how that goes. I mean, I'm guessing they needed it before, they're going to need it again. With the emergency allotment in place, most seniors had enough money to cover the entirety of their food costs. With the end of those extra funds, that will no longer be the case for many. Overall, however, Gross speculates that other food pantries in the state are likely to see more of an impact. In Telluride, food insecurity is often tied to the seasonal economy. It tends to affect a younger, more transient population that is less likely to use food stamps in the first place, says Gross. I mean, I think it's going to be a shock to, to some people because, you know, we've kind of known this was coming, but I don't think it's going to impact us all that much besides the seniors. Because here's what we are. We're very, very tied to the ski area as far as when that stops, jobs in town dry up and we get really busy. If they, if there's no snow and they can't employ people, we get really busy. You know what I mean? Like Norwood, their folks don't they're going to probably be more impacted than we are. Food pantries across the region pool resources. Angel Baskets has a location in Norwood as well. They accept donations in money, food, and volunteer time from all those who can give. Looking at the food pantry's north-facing stoop, Gross adds anyone who'd like to come chip ice and shovel snow for a spell would be most welcome. You can't touch this. It's a smorgasbord of sports this week on a day in the life of a minor. Telluride High School's Vinton Cole has the latest. Have a listen. This is Vinton Cole on your sports update. Girls Varsity Volleyball finished the season with a win over rival Norwood Mavericks 3-0. It was a memorable season we had as we finished 5th in the league. The last time Telluride Volleyball made the tournament was last year, in which they finished 15-10. Good effort in 2022, ladies. Boys Varsity Basketball won their game against Ridgeway 39-25, but lost against first-ranked Mancos 51-34. They played the Plateau Valley Cowboys on March 3rd, and the Cowboys have an eight-game winning streak. If the Miners lose that game then odds are their basketball season is over. The Calgary Flames lost their road games against the Knights 4-3 in overtime and against the Avalanche 4-1. They had a home game against the Bruins and lost 4-3 in overtime. They have a home game against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday and against the Minnesota Wild on Saturday. The Chicago Blackhawks are on a five-game winning streak thanks to Patrick Kane's seven goals 
and Max Domi's four goals. But then they had a road game against the Ducks and lost 4-2 and against the Coyotes 4-1. They have three home games against the Stars, Predators, and Senators before they go on the road against the Red Wings. The Colorado Avalanche won their home games against the Knights 3-0, but they lost against the Devils 7-5. They, As I mentioned earlier, they beat the Flames 4-1. The Colorado Avalanche won their home game against the Knights 3-0 and lost against the Devils 7-5. They have a road game against the Stars before hosting the Kraken and the Sharks. The Denver Nuggets won their home game against the Los Angeles Clippers 134-124 in overtime. They won their road game against the Rockets 133-112 and have a home game against the Grizzlies. The first boys lacrosse games are somewhere in March, so if your calendar allows you the time, please come to the games if you can. That's it for this week. I'm Fintan Cole, reporting live from Telluride High School, and we'll see you next week. The San Miguel Basin Rodeo was recently voted Most Improved Rodeo in 2022 by the Colorado Professional Rodeo Association. KOTO News was at the rodeo, so we're rebroadcasting a story highlighting the athletic feats and community spirit of the San Miguel Basin Rodeo. This story was originally broadcast in August 2022. Down beside the grandstands at the San Miguel Basin Rodeo, Cowgirls competing in Saturday evening's barrel race are awaiting their turn to sprint around the ring. In a test of horse handling and athletic power, the steed and rider race in a cloverleaf pattern around four barrels set up in the arena. Coming out of her turn in the ring, Harley Zender, a cowgirl from Norwood, is unfazed by what she says was a lackluster result. It wasn't my best year, but, but sometimes that happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite event of the year. Everybody shows up and has a great time. They love watching the rodeo, and it's, it's fun just getting to see all your family and friends. And um, yeah, it's just a super fun event. I ask another competitor, Taylor Hildreth, the secret to a good barrel race. Ooh, I wish we all knew the answer to that. <laughs> um, I train barrel horses for a living and I'm still trying to figure that out. But I think the biggest thing is having one that has a lot of try and heart, wants to be a team player. Harley Zender agrees that much of the magic comes from the spirit of the horse. She's riding a speckled gray mare. My horse's name is Penny and um, she's super gritty and tough and she loves to work. Cool. So. All right, thank you so much. Back in the grandstand, the sun setting and clouds towering above the Norwood Mesa, the final event of the weekend kicks off. One of rodeo's iconic competitions, it's bull riding. The animals, weighing in at a ton apiece, rip out of the gates as cowboys hold on for life. The event is nail-biting, eight seconds of danger and suspense. In the ring right beside the bull and the cowboy, rodeo workers are face-to-face -face with the action. After the event, the cowboy protection team Edward Huffman and Devin Cisneros share what it's like to work face-to-face -face with such danger. Breathing helps big time. Adrenaline. Adrenaline's huge. I mean, it's just such an adrenaline rush. But to keep your cool while, while it's happening and you're in a situation is pretty much turn your brain off. 
don't let it tell you that, that you can't. Yeah, just react. A far cry from the driven and well-groomed mares of the barrel race, the bulls have a personality of their own. Uh, when I stopped riding bulls, that was like right after eighth grade, so then I just started, I just picked up fighting bulls right there. So do you have to grow up really comfortable around animals? Yeah. Do you feel like you understand what's going on in their head? Sometimes. Sometimes not. They have a different mind. Yeah. They, they show one thing or thinking another. Yeah, they're smart. They're smart animals, that's for sure. After Saturday night, the fairgrounds fall silent for another year. The rodeo company, however, bulls and all, move on to their next competition of the season. Cisnero says that he's already excited for the next one. Oh, it's phenomenal. First time fighting with Ed, and man, I can't look forward to the next time we get to do it again. From the San Miguel County Fairgrounds, for KOTO, this is Gavin McGough. The month of January brought far greater than average snowfall to the San Juans. Totals for the month of February, meanwhile, were almost exactly on par with the long-term average. February 2023's total accumulation, as reported by Telski Ski Patrol, was 49.1 inches. The month's long-term average is 47.5 inches. The vast majority of that snow fell in the last 10 days of the month. And, Ski Patrol reports, it was accompanied by significant wind, with gusts reaching 50 to 90 miles per hour nearly every day since February 19th. Strong wind is expected to continue through at least the first week of March. In its February weather summary, Ski Patrol also reports a decline in avalanche activity compared with earlier in the season. The above-average snowpack across the state of Colorado has many water watchers optimistic about increased levels of spring snowmelt. Fishing can be a year-round activity, and Colorado waters are always open, every season, day and night, for fishermen invested in the hunt. Fishermen with licenses, that is, and March marks the beginning of the 2023-2024 to 2024 fishing license season. Licenses from the past year are now expired, and anglers can purchase their new license for the coming year on the Colorado Parks and Wildlife website, cpw.state.co.us. Licenses are also available at retail locations throughout the state, including the Telluride Angler and Telluride Sports here in town. CPW stocks waters with nearly 90 million fish each year, and the entirety of those stocking and hatchery operations are funded by the sale of fishing licenses. Anglers can purchase licenses for day, multi-day, or year-long use. For those interested in learning to fish, classes are available throughout the state. All information about the 2023-2024 to season can be found on the CPW website, which is again cpw.state.co. US. A controversial effort to legalize overdose prevention centers advanced at the state capitol on Wednesday. Also called safe use sites, these facilities give people using illicit drugs a designated place to do it and supervision to avoid deadly overdoses. The sites have healthcare professionals on staff and offer substance use resources. They would not provide drugs. Critics are concerned the bill would encourage substance use and distribution. Other states are considering similar bills, and safe use sites are already in place in cities like New York and Boston. 
The measure was approved by a legislative committee and now moves to the House floor for a preliminary vote. Some of the world's best ski racers are in Colorado this week to compete in the Audi FIS Ski World Cup stop at Aspen Mountain. Men's downhill races take place Friday and Saturday with a Super G on Sunday. Before the competition begins, though, several of the athletes are making time to meet with pint-sized fans. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Aspen Public Radio's Kaya Williams reports. Okay, you guys ready? Okay, first you have to get really quiet so I can talk and then you This is U.S. ski team member Eric Arvidsson. What's up, Aspen Elementary? And this is just about every student at Aspen Elementary School. Giggling, wiggling children filled the seats of the District Theater last Friday with cheers and excitement for a presentation with five current members of the men's U.S. ski team. Arvidsson joined his teammates Bryce Bennett, Jared Goldberg, Sam Morse, and Kyle Negamir on the stage to talk about their favorite snacks, mountains, and skiing advice. Here's Morse with some tips for combating the pre-race jitters. Do you guys know what it feels like to be like nervous? Yeah, so believe it or not, we still get nervous. And for me, in the start, I feel that nervous energy, but I try to channel it like in a positive way, like that I'm excited to do this, not that I'm scared to do it. Local extreme skier Chris Davenport moderated the panel and helped the audience ask some tough questions. Can you ski as fast as a cheetah can run? Can you ski as fast as a cheetah can run? How fast does a cheetah run? Eight miles per hour. Eight? Eight. Eight. Eighty miles per hour. There won't be any cheetahs on the America's Downhill Course at Ajax this weekend, but spectators can watch the skiers for free from the grandstands near the Shadow Mountain Lift, also known as Lift 1A, and from some spots on the sidelines of the course. From the Edless Neeson Arts and Culture Desk, I'm Kaya Williams. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for snow showers tonight ending early, followed by clearing skies in a low around 10 degrees. Saturday calls for increasing clouds, with a high near 30 degrees and wind gusts reaching 35 miles per hour. Saturday night should be partly cloudy with a low around 20, and Sunday calls for sunny skies with a high near 35 degrees. Wind gusts on Sunday could reach 50 miles per hour. Sunday night should bring clouds and a low in the high teens. This has been the news for Friday, March 3rd. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, personal commentaries. Equal pay for equal work should be a no-brainer. However, even in 2023, pay inequity persists. Did you know Caucasian women earn only 80 cents for every dollar a Caucasian man makes? It's even worse for women of color, with black women earning 65 cents, Latina women 55 cents, and American Indian women earning 60 cents for every dollar a Caucasian man makes. Aside from being unequal and unjust, pay inequity can greatly impact a woman negatively throughout her life, including lessening a woman's ability to care for her family. Half of women are their family's breadwinner. Pay inequity weakens a woman's ability to leave an abusive situation if she cannot support herself or her children alone. 
It lessens her ability to pay off educational debt. Women currently hold two-thirds of the nation's student debt. And pay inequity diminishes a woman's ability to save for retirement, including less saving through Social Security because of having earned less throughout her life. On Wednesday, March 8th, the Progressive Women's Caucus will bring attention to the issue of pay inequity through a good old-fashioned bake sale. As a long-standing tradition and celebration of International Women's Day, the Equal Pay Bake Sale aims to illustrate current pay inequity rates. So, for example, a man who identifies as Caucasian will pay $1 for a baked good, while a woman who identifies as American Indian will pay $0.60 for that same baked good. Along with the opportunity to purchase delicious baked goods, community members will have the chance to learn about pay inequity and what we can do to change it. All funds raised from the bake sale will be dedicated to the first ever PWC Leadership Scholarship for a graduating senior who represents the PWC's mission and goals. So stop by the Equal Pay Bake Sale on Wednesday, March 8th, anytime between 12 p.m. and 4 p.m. If you're interested in baking some delicious treats to contribute, give us a call at 970-708-0524. And don't forget today and every day to smash, smash, smash the patriarchy. Choral Society presents Spring Sing 2023 on Saturday, March 18th at 7 and Sunday, March 19th at 4, both at Christ Church. If seasons were personality types, winter might be an introvert. Most definitely, though, spring is an extrovert. And our songs this year reflect it. Spring, the season of light or rebirth, Days getting longer, flowers are flowering as the air warms. What better time of year to sing Amazing Grace, the incredible gospel number The Storm is Passing, and the beautiful Du Reflet Ubi Caritas, which you heard a little bit of. And consistent with spring's energy, we'll be starting this year's spring concerts with an energetic surprise. Spring dances, spring plays, spring comes alive in the program that Hal Adler and Elizabeth Forsyth have created, celebrates all things spring. As has been our wonderful tradition of singing with our youth choirs, this year's full Telluride Choral Society's number is called Wanting Memories. Written and sung by Sweet Honey in the Rock, it's the story of someone finding peace as they reconcile the loss of a loved one. It's a beautiful reminder that the ones we love are always with us. We're so excited to sing this for our audience, and the fact that we get to share this wisdom with the kids' choir and our audience is pretty amazing. Susan Ensor will accompany on piano, and Dan Malloy will do percussion. So come join us, the Telluride Chorale and the Choristers, on Saturday, March 18th at 7, and Sunday, March 19th at 4, both at Christ Church. Tickets are at the door. And thank you, Kodo. This is Ginny Fraser from the Choral Society. For more information, call Sandy McLaughlin at 970 519 
1-800-273-0081. And do check out Susan V. Brock's site, Telluride Inside and Out. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues. We would like to thank everyone who has donated to KOTO during our winter fun drive. A huge thank you to Deb Gesmundo, Donna Martirana, Eric Dalton, Mark Mendonca, Zachary Hampton, Tammy Grubb, Ethan Hale, Anne-Marie Fitzpatrick, Paul Fagan, Elaine and Tom Schrodel, Ashley ABD, Ashley Abt, Lizbeth Lemley, Sarah Spencer, Lee Owen, Laura Ellison, Jack Deutsch, Karen Cash Redden, John and Connie Greenberg Rosemont, Sasha Cuccinello, Art Good Times, Sarah Stefan, Carl Brandes, Tim and Jess Gillespie, Cortland Gray, Roger Scheel, Kirk Merlin Alberg, Kara MacArthur, Eric and Josephine Felinius, Dale Holland. Thank you all so much.